0: Welcome to the Legal Marketing 2.0 podcast with your hosts, Guy Alparez and Tim Barron. And this is a show where we examine the latest trends in digital marketing to help you get more leads and clients. And in today's episode, we talk about search engine optimization and more specifically about a new trend, which is semantic SEO. You're going to want to stick around to hear this one. Uh, But before we jump into the episode, I want to ask you a question. Do you struggle with digital marketing and how to make it work for you and for your firm? If so, please go to lawfirmmarketinghelp.com and sign up for a free digital audit. The audit will provide you with all the information you need to build a blueprint for your digital marketing strategy to produce the results you want. All right, on with the show. So guys, SEO, I know that search engine uh, optimization is can be a fraught and misunderstood topic, but we're seeing a lot more law firm marketers uh, interested in getting help with SEO, but on the other hand, we see a lot of lawyers sort of rolling their eyes when they hear SEO cuz they don't really understand it. And I you know, honestly, I get it, right? Every time there is a Google algorithm change. Um, we, you know, there's so many folks that try to game it. So the idea of semantic SEO is really great news because it's Google learning more about how to naturally do SEO, how people search. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So uh, semantic SEO or semantic search really means that Google is connecting visitors. Uh, to pages with the meaning they 're looking for, um, as you mentioned, you know the Google search engine continues to evolve, um, the algorithm continues to change and be tweaked. Uh, and what Google is trying to do is to deliver the best possible results to the visitor and so what it, what semantic means it 's not that it 's changing a little bit, evolving, so that it 's not just keywords or letters that Google will connect you to, it's it's actually becoming a little bit more intelligent and it's trying to connect visitors to pages with the meaning they're looking for. Um, And so what that means uh, for law firms and people that are interested in making sure that they're ranking at the top of the search engines is that they need to start to think more about the broader topic, not just specific keywords or phrases, Uh, and really think about all the different things that would come up with a particular topic. And so that is where things are going. That is what semantic search is all about. And again, the idea here is to target topics, not just phrases.
0: So you touched on topics and the five things that we're gonna touch on here uh, in this episode that affect how SEO is evolving in semantic search. One is targeting topics but not pages, Uh, voice searching, link spam, user interaction signals, and topic pages. And Guy, you you touched on uh, topics and not pages. Is there anything
1: you want to expand on that a little bit? So it's topics, not phrases. So um, it's focusing on topics. So if you are focused on topics, let's say you're creating a series of blog posts, or let's say you want to rank your website for, let's say you're an expert in the legal implications of blockchain technology, right? So traditionally what you would do is you would make sure that you had a page where you basically made sure that you optimize that page for Uh, legal implications of blockchain technology. Um, But with semantic search, what started to happen is, rather than just think about that key phrase, what you can start to do is think about, all right, if someone was asking that, how, how many different ways would they ask for that? What are the different things that a topic like that would cover? And so instead of creating one single page with that, keyword being optimized, maybe you create a series of blog posts or a series of pages that answer that question in various different ways, maybe list out the different implications. And what will happen is Google will understand that and it's possible that you will actually rank higher for multiple types of keywords all around that topic because you're sort of answering and sort of explaining the meaning of what you're trying to rank for. So that's
0: great. Just the other day, I came across a an article that was, I think it was three or four tips. And I wanted to, someone wanted to take a look at it. We wanted to discuss it. I was going to print it out. And it went on for like 18 pages. You know, So whatever happened to the value of the writer is in understanding the material and distilling it down. But I understand why they did it because they think that that's what Google wants, right? Um, but the end reader, the end user or the reader
1: is, is not getting that value from it, right? Just sort of wasting their time. Absolutely, and you know, Google actually makes it easy for, for the uh, SEO or the, the marketer to find phrases that are semantically linked. Uh, so one really easy way to do it is it, when you start typing your target phrase into Google, you will see that Google will start to begin to suggest search terms. And the, you know as you slowly type each letter, the more letters you'll see, you'll see more variations of different search terms. So if you start to write those down, now you can basically come up with ideas for different blog posts that basically answer those search terms. And so instead of just optimizing one page for that one search term you had in mind, You now have four, five, six different blog posts or pages that are really anticipating all of the related search terms uh, focused around that particular meaning or that particular topic. So I don't
0: want to spend a lot of time on this first one, but just a tip on how to find semantic search. Is that just by starting to enter something in Google uh, search engine and then you see suggestions does that go all, um, is,
1: is that part of finding out uh, terms? That, that's definitely one way to do that. Um, there is another uh, shortcut, there's a, there's a keyword tool called uh, tool.io uh, that you can actually go in there and type a search and it'll give you dozens of suggested phrases quickly. Um, and then there's also, um, if you, once you do searches a lot of times, what you'll notice at the bottom of, of the search results page, you see searches related to, uh, to that topic. So there again, at the bottom of each search page, Google will give you other related searches. So again, Google makes it really easy to see what other search terms would be related to the keyword or key phrase you're searching for. Awesome.
0: All right, what about voice searching? Does that have to do with the fact that everyone is sort of moving to mobile? I know, I, I click on Siri and I ask a lot of questions, and is that a way, how, how, can, how can lawyers, marketers,
1: at law, law firms adjust to that? So you hit on a really important point, Tim, and, and that is not, not only is Google evolving, but search overall is evolving and more and more people are now doing searches by basically asking questions to their phones, whether it's Siri, whether it's Google Now, Alexa, you know, all of these new intelligent technologies that are coming out, more and more people are, are doing searches. You know, I know every morning I get out of bed, the first thing I do is I'll, I, I'll ask Siri what the weather's gonna be like today. I don't feel like typing out that question. so. What does that mean for SEO? What that means for SEO is long-term keywords and more uh, topic-based keywords. So uh, you really need to think about the difference in the length of the queries, because that's more what natural language is all about. People, you know, I remember my days back in law school uh, using Lexis and, and all the different you know, variations of those, what I would call dumb search engines uh, where you had to put restrictors and all you know today it's really about natural language google evolved that and now that we're getting into voice searching it's even evolving more so it's really important to think about those longer phrases those those voice-based queries and to try to optimize your page and your site around those Full natural language sentences.
0: So I've seen a lot of uh, lawyers recently using Quora more and more. You know, they would hop on Quora and they would posit a question and then answer it, or search for questions and then answer it. Is that? Do you think that's because that's part of a trend in Google SEO and people find them that way?
1: I definitely think so. Uh, I think again, more and more people are just using natural language. They don't. Yeah. They don't want to take the time or really learn the more complicated types of searches Um, one thing to focus on and this is important is when you're when you're talking about uh, voice searching um, you really we usually tell our, our our clients that in order for a blog post to be fully SEO optimized the ideal length of the blog post must be between 500 to 1,000 words. With voice search, however, that's changing. And now, in order to really optimize for voice searching, uh, Google has now recommended that the ideal length for uh, search-optimized blog post is more around 1,500 words. Oh. And that seems to be the, the trend. Longer blog posts are actually ranking better. Um, and the reason for that is voice uh, and topic-based searching. So
0: you know, I do have to point out one of our favorites, Seth Godin. He has a blog, and I think his posts average maybe like 150 words. But of course, you have to be a Seth Godin in order. Exactly. A Not right. everyone is Seth Godin,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and okay. I don't think Seth Godin cares too much about SEO. I don't think so. No.
0: <laughs> so number three is link spam. Individually, those words cause a lot of angst. Um, put them together,
1: link spam. What's
0: that all about?
1: So. Uh, As we've talked about in in past episodes of this podcast, one of the things to focus on when it comes to SEO is what is called off-page SEO. And off-page SEO really is all about the authority of your site. You know, there there is a tool called Moz. It, It measures your authority. It can go anywhere from 1 to 100. The higher your domain authority, the easier it is for you to rank for the keywords that you're trying to optimize for and your authority really has to do with links, and specifically, incoming links. The more links your website has, the higher your authority. Of course, as we discussed earlier, not all links are created equal, so getting links from the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, that's gonna give you a lot more SEO juice, SEO value than getting a link from a mom and pop blog. so but one of the things that's happening is uh, there used to be, and it's, this still is a, is a common practice amount, um, amongst black hat SEO companies, is you know, creating these link farms. Uh, people would create this, these websites basically that really truly had no content. They were just web pages for links and they would sell you know, the ability to put your links there and, and that would enhance your authority. Um, and then Google got smart to that, and now um, they're disavowing these links. Um, they're penalizing people that are using these links. Um, so you're seeing less of that. So of course, on the other hand, the, the Black hat SEO people like, well you know, what else can we do? So then um, they start to develop other types of uh, spam networks or, or link networks. Uh, but Google's very smart and they know, which sites are offering these kinds of links and which sites are selling links. And again, uh, Google is interested in achieving and returning the highest value results to the visitor. So they're not really keen on people selling links and and doing artificial link building. Um, And so what's happening now is, and this is something that we do is in order to really build links, um, you have to develop relationships with real websites, with real influencers, and you do that by inviting them to guest blog post on your site or comment on your site, and then hopefully they'll invite you to do the same thing on their end. And so it's really a relationship-based type of link building where you're building your relationships Uh, And because of the value of the things you say, people will want to link to you or will invite you to write content for them or videos or whatever that'll link back to your site.
0: I love that idea. I mean, it's all about relationships and I think a lot of people think short term, relationships are long term. Uh, Absolutely. Right. And they just pay off over time and and would you say that
1: social media is just, sort of leverage social media to sort of build those relationships? 100%. I mean, that is the way to really develop those relationships is to find influencers, find people in your space, start to build those relationships. And the way you do that is you subscribe to their content, you follow their content, you retweet or mention their content, uh, and then you engage with them. And then hopefully they'll they'll return the favor. I, I can't tell you how useful
0: social media has been and just building relationships within the industry, and anyone can do it. So number four is about user interactions, and you know, at the top of the podcast, we talked, I, I mentioned a little bit about using videos or having or pages or articles or blog posts going on and on and on. And, you know, I don't want to see, you know, 98 tools for, you know, I can Google that and find it, right? So that that post is useful for me. But what should we as content creators be doing to keep folks on
1: the page? And why is that even important? Well, you know, when, when we're talking about, um, you were just mentioning social media, and we get this question a lot is, you know, what is the effect of social media on, on SEO? And, a lot of people have the misconception of, uh, oh, you know, I'll, po- I'll post a lot of social media posts with links back to my content, so that is link building, and that'll enhance the authority of my site. The reality is, all social media networks are actually no-follow links, which means you're not getting that SEO juice from LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, etc. Social media does have an impact on SEO through what are called social signals or user interaction signals. And what that means is if you publish a blog post and all of a sudden a lot of people are mentioning it, retweeting it, uh, liking it, that does send a, a signal to Google that this blog post seems to have a lot of value and therefore, Google will assign authority to that particular blog post and if that blog post has good internal links to the rest of your site that will pass the SEO juice over to your site so that is uh, in, that is the way that user interaction and social media actually impacts uh, your SEO and so um, if you want to enhance your SEO you uh, as always you've got to focus on creating valuable, engaging, client-centric content.
0: And one of the things I guess we could add is that once they come to the site, in terms of those user interactions, you know, we've talked about this before, is adding relevant images, breaking up paragraphs, adding, um, uh, just making it easier to read, adding bullet points, adding a video, you know, even podcasts that we do, audio. um, It really makes a difference in in the user experience once they're on your site. Um, all right, so we'll wrap up with number five, and it's about trying to make your piece of content, whenever someone comes to your page, something that they find of value, something that, that they find just super useful that they can share. Guy just talked about sharing it on, on social media. People, folks are not going to share something on social media that they don't find useful. Right? And they're not going to come back to your site unless they find what they came for. Um, so how can we make, or how can law firm marketers and lawyers make the content that they produce really useful for whoever is coming, like their buyer personas? I hate to bring
1: that up, buyer
0: personas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well you know, it goes back to what we said at the beginning, right, is if you really think about your topic, so going back to the example um, that I gave, you know, legal implications of blockchain technology, Um, if you really think about all of those things, and obviously you don't wanna write, you know, a, you know, 10,000 word blog post or anything like that, but if you think about a way to present that topic in a way that really people will get it, will understand it, and it presents a really concise um, uh, answer to that question. Then you know that will become the best page on the internet for that particular topic. Uh, so it's just about really thinking. About that topic rather than just focusing in on keywords and again it goes back to content Uh, so spend some time developing really good content around the topics that you want to rank for and SEO will sort of take care of itself so I really like the
0: idea of that of looking at a piece of content and pulling out that topic and then making that topic the focus of a page. A page can be a blog post that you keep uh, sort of refreshing. We do that on occasion, we look at an old blog post, let's say from two, three years ago, and say, look, what else has happened in in the ensuing two to three years? Let's update this post with new information, and then we'll republish it, and all of a sudden, Google recognize that as a signal, and it shows up in search engines. Exactly. Exactly. All right, so on that note, we'll wrap this up. Thank you for joining us, but before you go, If you like this episode, please subscribe to our podcast. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, and wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You'll find the show notes for this episode, along with all of our Legal Marketing 2.0 podcast episodes at GetToBeSocial.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time,